Welcome to the AWS Tech Chat Podcast. We are solution architects, and we help customers adopt the AWS Cloud Platform. In each episode, we dive deep, demystify technology, and talk about the latest and most interesting technical developments in the world of AWS Cloud. We bring you the AWS Roundup and deep tech dives in topics of interest. Hello, everybody. My name is uh, Shai Perenik, and this is episode 85 of the AWS Tech Chat Podcast. Uh, today's show, I'm joined by my co-host, Mohammed and Scott. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Mohammed. Excited to be here with Chai and uh, Scott. Uh, I've been with AWS for uh, four and a half years. I've worked on various technologies and super excited to talk about this stuff uh, in this podcast. Thanks, Mohammed. Yeah, Scott, you want to give us an introduction? I forgot to cue you guys in there. <laughs> sure. So Hey, um, this is Scott Malky. Uh, I am a special solutions architect at AWS. I've been here about six years and super excited to be here on the podcast. A uh, big fan of the show uh, and really looking forward to, to chatting with, with you all about uh, some really cool stuff. Yeah, th- th- thank you guys for joining. Clearly, I'm so excited that I almost forgot about the whole introduction. I just went right into it because we've been talking about this for so long and, and we have some exciting stuff to share from reInvent. So I just, I want to get into it. And, you know, we're going to be going deep into EC2, right? We're going to be going through a lot of stuff. Um, and so, Mohammed, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start with the basics of EC2 on Mac. As opposed to the other offerings that we have running Linux and Windows environment, these are 100% physical devices, um, also known as single tenant devices. At this moment, we have the x86-based Mac Mini available for everyone, and we are signing up for previews for the Apple M1-based uh, Mac Minis. All right, and there was a for storage, right? You have EBS volumes as well, right? Which we'll get into more. We're going to have a lot deeper discussion around EBS volumes. I, I want to kind of reemphasize something. Remember, it's 100% hardware single tenant devices, right? So if you're listening out there, just keep that in mind. And let's get into that actually more because I think sometimes some people might have a hard time understanding, you know, what does it mean exactly a single tenant device? What does that mean for the actual end user? Right. So um, for end user, think of this as your um, you have your own personal Mac mini running within the AWS infrastructure. And the good thing about uh, this versus your actual Mac mini that you would have on premises or on your desktop is that um, it has additional capabilities. We, we, uh, we surrounded it with different um, networking constructs. Um, we'll talk about all of these things uh, in the coming few minutes. Uh, and the biggest thing that, or the biggest advantage rather is that uh, you can take advantage of the block storage service offered by AWS, Elastic Block Store or EBS, and have virtually unlimited storage attached to your Mac Mini as compared to a Mac sitting on your desktop. Yeah, so let's before we get into that a bit, let's let's get back to the the, the dedicated instance because I know we're, we're going to jump into a little more around EBS in a moment here. But you know, when, when you say a dedicated instance, I, I think that there's you know that in my head it always goes SLAs, right? What does that mean for SLAs, Scott? I know this is your, your area of depth. You know, you got some deep deep stuff here. Can you talk to us a little about the SLAs? Sure, absolutely. So uh, the big thing with EC2 Mac instances is that uh, it is EC2 just like any other. And one of the great things that we pride ourselves on here at EC2 is uh, breadth and depth of choice. Right? You see that we've got, uh, you know, I think the latest count was over 475 different instance types, all different ways of consuming compute uh, as part of EC2. And... Uh, as we'll talk about later, the the networking and the storage uh, and all of the sort of undifferentiated heavy lifting that EC2 just removes as opposed to running things yourself. Um, EC2 Mac is unique for a number of ways. Uh, we've talked about sort of the single tenancy 
of it. The fact that it is a physical Mac Mini, uh, we're not running uh, any sort of emulation. It is actually the the same Mac Mini that you would get if you went into a uh, an Apple Store. Um, but it's only available as a dedicated host, and dedicated host is one of our um, tenancy models on EC2. And uh, probably most of the, the listeners of this podcast are familiar with our shared tenancy model, which is sort of the, the default. Uh, if you spin up just a, a Windows or Linux instance, um, it typically is a, a virtualized instance that is uh, part of a, a larger host, right? And we typically uh, demonstrate that through what we call the uh, T-shirt sizes at the end. So uh, dot medium, dot small, uh, dot extra large at the end of the instance. Um, with uh, EC2 Mac, it's a dot metal, meaning it's using the entire metal hardware and it's only available as a dedicated host. So when you start out with EC2 Mac, you first allocate the dedicated host, which is uh, equivalent to saying, hey, AWS, give me my Mac Mini. And we say, cool, here's your Mac Mini. Uh, and then you launch a metal instance on top of that host. And that's where things like the, the storage configuration and the networking configuration, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. um, comes into play. So let's do before, that. Before we get to some of those cool technical things, because I know our listeners are, are, that's what they're here for, right? This is Tech Chat after all. Let's get the billing question out of the way, right? Because we're talking about dedicated host here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for someone who has used uh, EC2 instances, the non-Mac versions, um, you have three pricing models that you can pick from. Um, you have on-demand pricing where you pay for the seconds that you're going to use. Then you have reserve pricing. In the reserve pricing, you say that I want to reserve this instance for one year, three year. I want to pay everything upfront or nothing upfront. And then there is a, there's a compute savings plans uh, and things like that. Thank you for that detail, Mohammed. There. So let's let's talk about you know, let's talk about some the some of the more common use cases that we've heard for for Mac in the cloud. You want to get into that for a little bit, Mohammed? Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we talk about the dedicated instance for Mac, uh, what it means is that you're going to reserve. You need to reserve the Mac instance for minimum of twenty four hours. So you must have to pay for those twenty four hours. Um, and then after that, it's uh, it's your regular EC2 based billing. So how many of durations or how many seconds you're going to use, you'll be only billed for that. Um, and then similarly, uh, for our EC2 pricing model, you have the compute plus memory that you pay for as an EC2 instance. And then there's a separate pricing model for the block storage. So you pay for the how many X gigabytes of storage that you attach to your Mac instance. Okay. Right. And hey, uh, one thing, I, uh, if I could interject there just for a second, I think one thing I, I do want to make clear is that uh, this comes up in customer conversations quite a bit is that they are not 24 hour chunks, right? It is that when you first allocate that dedicated host, you say, give me a Mac mini, right? That Mac mini must be allocated uh, into your account for 24 hours. And the way we enforce that is that if you then try to release that Mac mini back to us, uh, that API call will actually fail, uh, whether done through the console or the API or the CLI or something like that. Um, we literally won't take it back for 24 hours. Uh, and this is to comply with the uh, Apple uh, Mac OS SLA. Um, but you are always billed per second. Uh, so just like the rest of EC2, you are always billed per second. Uh, like Mohammed said, uh, on demand or with uh, compute or instance savings plans apply to EC2 Mac. Um, but the once you allocate it, you keep it for 24 hours. After 24 hours, you can release it at any time and you are billed uh, per second for as long as you've had it allocated. 
Yeah, thanks for that, Scott. So I know we've, we've said a couple of times, you know, the instances versus host. And, you know, before we dump into some of the use cases, I, I want to clarify for our listeners real quick, just to make sure we don't uh, leave any confusion there. When we talk about a host, we're talking about the underlying physical host that runs the instances that are sitting on top of that host. I, w- I would say that the, there's the instances running on top of the host, right? So it's two different billing constructs. You've got the, the dedicated host, which is the unit of billing that you allocate with, a, a, say, an allocate dedicated hosts call. And then you do launch an instance. Uh, it is uh, you can use the run instances command, things of that nature, and then you launch a a Mac one or Mac two dot metal instance on top of that host. And that instance uh, is where we uh, we have the the EBS storage, the AMI, um, your networking configuration is at that instance level, and that instance can have a separate lifecycle than the underlying host, right? So you have to keep the host for twenty four hours. But the, the Mac 1.metal instance itself can be stopped and started and terminated on top of that host, uh, just like um, any other EC2. Yeah, thanks for that, Scott. That, that certainly helps and helps clarify as well. All right, so let's move on to some, some common use cases uh, for Mac in the cloud. Uh, Mohammed, can you share some of those with us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the most common use cases that we have seen for Mac EC2 is the is setting up a dedicated Apple development environment. Uh, what I mean is that when developers are building applications for Mac, uh, they use Xcode and, and, and maybe some other IDE. With an de- EC2 Mac instance, you can dedicate one instance for your uh, CI/CD processes, for your test cases, for running your emulations, training your ML models, and things like that. So all in all, your complete software development lifecycle can be can live on that EC2 Mac instance. And uh, with the constructs that we provide for security and the block storage um, durability and things like that, that make it uh, much more secure and much more durable, reliable than uh, a Mac sitting on your desktop or a Mac running in your data center. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. There's, there's a lot more security there. Um, is there anything you wanted to inject kind of uh, about some of the the the, some of the VPC and the underlying network constructs. I know we've talked about in the past. Do you want to kind of get into that a little more? Yeah. So uh, um, because Mac is using the EC2 technology, so it takes advantage of our um, of our VPC and networking constructs. So for example, you can place this Mac in a VPC and then connect to that VPC through the on-premises network uh, via, via a dedicated connection or a VPN connection. So a Mac running in a cloud could be part of your network, your corporate network. And the reason that it's useful is that your developers can then remote desktop into the Mac instance, or they can SSH into the Mac instance and then run their build commands and things like that. It also helps them take advantage of any localized uh, version control system. Some customers uh, love to have a, a build environment and a version control environment within their data center. So. Com- Take if you connect the data center to a VPC through VPN tunnel, um, you build a hybrid network and you can um, uh, take advantage of these things. Cool. Thank you, Mohammed. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think one thing I'd like to add in there is that you know EC2 Mac is EC2, and just like Mohammed said, your existing VPC constructs, your existing networking constructs like security groups and NACLs and things of that nature, all work out of the box with EC2 Mac. Um, really any sort of EC2 API, uh, uh, run instances, uh, uh, secrets manager, 
uh, systems manager, uh, fleet manager, right? All these things and all these layers on top of EC2 that remove the undifferentiated heavy lifting uh, work out of the box with Mac. And that's really a lot of the big value add. Uh, you know, EC2 Mac is Mac, right? So it is just a, uh, a Mac in the cloud, if you will, but it really isn't because it is so much more that we get from being a part of that EC2 environment. Yeah, th thanks for adding that, Scott. So let's, uh, you know, thanks guys. We, we've talked about kind of the, the basic EC2 constructs with all that foundation. You know, I want to know, I know we want to get into sort of the ecosystem of people that have worked in the Apple ecosystem that have had some experience with certificates. So for anyone who has uh, ever built an app on a Mac or any other mobile device, uh, the operating system vendors have a strategy in which they want you to sign your compiled binaries with a digital certificate. And then that digital certificate is kind of a key uh, for anyone, and if you, if someone gets access to that certificate, they can potentially sign another app, uh, and then for the mobile device, it's going to appear that it came from the original um, manufacturer, original app creator. So um, it is important for these, for the app developers, to keep that certificate and all those things in a secure environment. Can you dig into that, Mohammed? I'm, I'm really curious, kind of, where you're going with that one. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I mean is that that you dedicate a Mac. Uh, for your CI/CD, uh, for your CI/CD pipelines, or for your uh, compiling of your binaries and signing those applications, um, and then uh, take advantage of the APIs provided by Xcode, and then deploy and publish those apps directly into um, into the App Store. So you, the certificate stays on that Mac, right? You can control access to that certificate. And you can make it part of CI/CD pipeline, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, so overall, you have an import, an improved security posture for your um, for your production builds. No, you know, certainly improving your security posture is really important, right? If if you're if if you're looking at moving to the cloud, right? If if you have keys on prem, you have security vectors on prem, moving those to a more secure environment is is always the the right thing to do, and always going to help your overall security posture. All right, so so you got signing the app itself, uh, right? How about uh, you know, using that Mac to sign Android apps. Yes, that's also a very good use case. Um, you can dedicate, like I said, one Mac instance for both your uh, Mac, uh, for your iOS and Android apps, um, and then uh, uh, store the certificate there. The other thing that you can also do is that um, you can build redundancy for your build environment. So you can take an EBS snapshot of your Mac instance and then store it in a different region. And in a case, if you want to, um, if you need to restore back or if you want to do DR uh, kind of an exercise, you can uh, turn on the other Mac. So it's just a mirror replica. It's the same instance. It's your block by block uh, backup. So it runs flawlessly on the other uh, in any other region. Yeah, so some pretty cool stuff you can do just because they're they are after all just EC2 instances. So you know the same constructs that you have in the normal EC2 world with with your Mac instances. You know, Mohammed, you said before about uh, CI/CD, and think that's not one of it's an area that I want to learn more about and I want to get into a little better. We say CI/CD, I think of Jenkins, right? That's that's in my head when I think of Jenkins when you say CI/CD. You know, how does that play into all this with with EC2 Mac? Right, so Jenkins is uh, is an open source uh, CI/CD tool. You can create your um, your CI/CD pipelines on Jenkins, and it's running as it's going to run on a Mac instance. It it you can compile Xcode You can use Xcode APIs to compile and test your applications. Um, so that's a very good use case. Another very good use case is another product uh, within the Apple ecosystem is called Fastlane. Um, like I said, you can dedicate that particular Mac to host uh, your own dedicated Fastlane instance. 
and uh, we will do all the heavy lifting for you to, main, to make sure that the uh, the Mac instance is up and running. And then Fastlane can do the heavy lifting for you for your CI/CD pipelines and building and deployment and signing of the application. And once you plug this Mac with your version control system, you get um, quote unquote autonomous uh, build environment um, uh, controlled by your uh, pull request or merge request. Yeah, uh, I, th that's actually one of the major uh, use cases for EC2 Mac, as we see, is CI/CD, sort of this build, test, uh, sign, deploy pipelines. And because it's the same Mac OS, it's the same Macs that you are probably running on premises today. Uh, your existing Fastlane pipelines, your existing Jenkins uh, scripts should just work as you move them up into EC2 Mac. Uh, we actually have a couple of blogs on the Compute blog about uh, leveraging EC2 Mac with Jenkins and with Fastlane. It's a very popular workflow, and uh, we see a lot of customers be very successful with it. Thanks, Scott. I'm just curious. You know, I know is that part of the Getting Started Guide that's on GitHub, or is there is there other stuff there that we want to maybe uh, should we talk about in that in that Getting Started Guide? Absolutely. So we do have a Getting Started Guide up on GitHub, uh, as Shai mentioned. Uh, it's it does link to those blogs. It links to some tutorials we have on YouTube as well. Uh, we actually have a hands-on tutorial as part of the AWS tutorial site, um, and really, it's sort of a, a, a really nice addendum to the official documentation. Uh, goes into a bit more detail about exactly how to go through and um, attach EBS volumes, how to connect over uh, Apple Remote Desktop, things of that nature. Uh, it's on GitHub. It's under the AWS samples uh, organization, uh, and the repository is just called Amazon EC2 Mac Getting Started. Um, if you search it, it should be the one of the first thing that comes up. Yeah, and um, we'll put it in the show notes too. Absolutely. Uh, and it is on GitHub, right? So it is open. It's out there. If there's something on there that you feel could be clearer, could be uh, added to, um, Please open an issue. Uh, I know the listeners of this podcast are pretty technical. If you uh, if you want to add to it, uh, we do uh, accept issues and PRs too. So if there's something that you want to see in there and you have the time and, and uh, want to put in the effort to, to submit a PR, we will look at it and uh, most likely merge it. So uh, please do check that out and uh, let us know how it looks and what we can do to make it better. Cool, Scott. Thank you much. That, that's That's great to hear. So earlier we we talked about Elastic Block Store or EBS. Um, you know, I, I, we talked about it a bit. I, I want to get into more detail, specifically how it relates to to EC2 Mac. Can you help us with that, Mohammed? So EBS stands for Elastic Block Storage Service, and uh, Amazon EBS is an easy to use, scalable, highly performance block storage service designed for use with Elastic Compute Cloud or EC2, and hence it works flawlessly for Mac too. Yeah, that, that's okay. So. Again, same thing we said before, right? It's just EBS volumes, just attaching that same EC2 instance. Is there is there more that we want to entice our listeners with a little bit? Yeah. So uh, typically, when you have a Mac in on your on premises on or on your desktop, you're limited by the storage that's that comes on board with that particular Mac. But as we offer EBS service, which is expandable storage, you can create and attach multiple volumes to your EC2 Mac. And once you attach those volumes, you can format them to um, uh, for for the Mac native format, and then you can run databases, and then you just use the storage in any other way you want to use. Uh, take backup of your application, uh, uh, record videos out of your uh, for your uh, simulators and emulators and things like that. And one of the things we recently just added to EC2 Mac is the ability to uh, hot plug 
EBS volumes. Um, previously, if you uh, if you had if you wanted to connect a, an EBS volume that you know, besides the boot volume, uh, there had to be a reboot cycle, just a soft reboot, right? Uh, not not a, a full stop start, but a, a reboot cycle nonetheless. And uh, very recently, we added the ability to hot plug uh, EBS. So what this means is that you can uh, connect a data EBS volume, format it, uh, APFS, however you'd like, uh, use it to store build artifacts or anything of that nature, and then um, you can disconnect it and reconnect it to another instance, um, disconnect it, terminate your instance, launch a new instance, and reconnect it. So um, you know, think of the uh, you know biggest, most durable, uh, highest IOPS firewire drives uh, that you could possibly have. Um, and we've got those in the form of EBS. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's awesome to hear the, the details there, right? And, and some of the new announcements are come up. I mean, just imagine this idea of, of trying to hot plug a storage, uh, you know, hard drive in your Mac that's on-prem. I mean, obviously, if it's, if it's USB, you can do that, right? Or if it's Thunderbolt, if it's any of those external connections, you can do that. But to get an external drive or internal drive, right, in, in the performance of an internal drive, you're, you're not going to do that on-prem with your Mac minis, right? And if you have a fleet of Mac minis to try to upgrade those drives and, uh, put even faster and bigger drives in there. It, it's it's time consuming, right? There's there's a process of taking them offline, uh, then opening them up, upgrading the hard drive, then putting them back online, right? Now you can just hot plug it in in EC2 with EBS uh, volumes. Uh, I don't know. To me, this excites me a lot, right? I, the, I have a storage background, and you know, I think of you know, if I had to build a a RAID array to achieve a certain level of IOPS uh, for a volume, uh, and I had to do it on prem, right? The amount of work that would take. Now I don't have to do that with EC2 Mac. I can just Define that IOPS in the IO2 volumes uh, or IO3 specifications, and I get those IOPS that I need. Uh, so it makes it much easier than I can do on-prem. Yeah, Shai, you mentioned that you have a storage background. So mm -hmm. another thing that a lot of uh, uh, compliance industry-specific customers are looking for is, is to make sure that their hardware and their infrastructure is compliant. And one of the key requirements that they have is the ability to encrypt the underlying volume with the particular key. So with, with the EC2 Mac, as it's gonna be using EBS, you can specify an encryption key for that particular Mac, uh, your EBS volume, and then you would be able to uh, comply to those requirements. And then you can take advantage of rotating the keys automatically. Um, and like I said earlier, it's an overall better security posture for any organization to run um, EC2 Mac. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Mohammed. So, uh, you know, we talk about reliability and compliance there. there there's a component of uh, regional availability, right, or, or cross availability zones. You know, want to prevent from data data loss and stuff like that. How do how do you how would you do that with EC2 Mac and achieve that um, multi AZ redundancy or, or multi region redundancy? Right. We we briefly touched about uh, on this bit earlier. So, what you can do is you can uh, take the EBS snapshots and then copy into another region. So you can schedule like daily or hourly backups or snapshots and then copy those snapshots in a different region. For example, if you're running anything in US East 2, you can take the snapshot and configure it to be copied to a different region. For example, US East uh, West 1 or West 2. Yeah, so, so it's more durable because of these snapshots, right? Yeah, uh, they're durable because they're backed by S3. Uh, the same get uh, the same the get the same durability and then um, the EBS volumes by default are uh, replicated um, across multiple regions. So you have that EC2 uh, EBS durability built into it. And in case of uh, you want to configure to failover to a different region, you can copy that uh, snapshot to another region. 
Yeah, so, so more durable and also a better security posture overall. That sounds like a, a good win-win for everybody there. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, just f- finishing up on the storage discussion, yeah. you know, we also do support EFS. So if you're talking about the, rather than a SAN type of environment with EBS, um, you go into a more of a NAS type environment with, with EFS, uh, with Big Sur and later uh, NFS v4. Uh, EFS works great. EFS is also a regional service. So again, uh, across AZs, uh, we see a lot of customers using it for, for build artifacts. Uh, and again, st- standard kind of things you would use a NAS for in an in on-premises environment. Um, one of the other storage options we support is FSX, uh, which is our sort of managed luster service. So if you really do need um, some very, very high IOPS and, and very, very high performance, uh, Amazon FSX does support EC2 Mac instances uh, today. And one last thing that I want to add here is that with this shared storage, now you have the the capability to run a fleet of Mac instances and then uh, look at training your ML models for your iPhone devices, um, iOS devices, and things like that. So the possibilities are are essentially limitless. Yeah, that's I mean, just the things that you can do now with with you know a virtualized Mac instance is, is amazing, right? So we're just getting started here. I think there's there's so much more to come over the next couple of you know months and years, and and who knows where this will go. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about some of the announcements uh, from reInvent. I know there was an announcement around M1 hardware. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to talk about it too. So this is the M1 based Macs that were announced by Apple last year. Now you can sign up for a preview uh, to run these M1 based Macs. Um, um, in AWS, and then soon they would be open for everyone to uh, to spin up their own M1 Mac instance and, um, and and run their workloads on top of it. Yeah, uh, this was just this was the number one requested um, feature uh, from our uh, customers by far. Uh, the the Intel Mac uh, that powers the Mac One metal. It's a, a 2018 Mac Mini. Like I said, it's it's the same Mac Mini that you would get if you had walked into an Apple store. Uh, in 2018, when we started uh, working on EC2 Mac instances, and uh, that's the Mac 1.metal. The Mac 2.metal is M1 based. It is the 2020 uh, Mac Mini, um, and so uh, still a Mac Mini, still a, an actual physical machine, still a dedicated host. All of that stuff doesn't change, uh, but it is a uh, an Apple Silicon based processor, which like I said uh, should really uh, delight a lot of our customers. It's something that that, that we've heard uh, really from the beginning since we announced EC2 Mac at reInvent 2020. Cool, thanks, Scott. Thanks for, for for detailing there. You know, so so we got the reInvent announcements out of the way. We got talked about the foundation stuff. Somebody's listened to this this session so far, and they want to get started, right? I know we talked about the the GitHub getting started uh, guide before, but what would you suggest, Scott, for somebody that's just getting into this and, and wants to get get building and start playing around with EC2 Mac. I mean, so so one of the great things about EC2 is, you know, it's just there, you can just try it, right? So we we would love for you to allocate a host. We are in 12 regions today. So, you know, please uh, spin one up, uh, kick the tires. We do have that getting started guide, which does walk you through in, in great detail with screenshots and uh, CLI commands, how to get started in terms of from literally launching the console all the way through to getting a VNC or Apple Remote Desktop session uh, into the the Mac OS GUI. We'd love your feedback, right? Um, Reach out to your AWS account team if you wanna dive deeper. We're always happy to hop on a call and talk about some of the cool stuff that our other customers are doing. Uh, But really uh, 
try it out, experience it, uh, see the performance benefits for yourself, see the reliability and security benefits. Um, you know, one thing we hear all the time is I, I want to get out of the business of having Mac minis in my server closets. I want to get out of the business of having Mac minis on my desktop, uh, right? Uh, especially uh, within the pandemic, folks are having to drive in to an office just to, to power cycle a Mac mini or to uh, move a Mac mini from one location to another because of uh, regulations and things like that. And now we've got EC2 Mac in the cloud. Um, you know, we've kind of taken all that uh, annoyance, hopefully, uh, out of your hands, taking it on ourselves. So um, please, uh, you know, give it, give it a, give it a try. Kick the tires and don't hesitate to to let us know uh, how you feel and, and how you like it. All right, guys. So I, I thank you very much for joining me today. Right, we we, we covered you know a lot of stuff, but I really feel like we're still scratching the surface. I feel like there's so much more to learn as as more use cases get built out there as. Customers continue to uh, come up with innovative ideas to use virtualized Max. I think there's just so many options there, and I, I feel like we just we, we only started the show by covering the foundations, um, and then we jumped into some other things there. So yeah, so remember the use cases, right? Building and signing your apps, CI/CD pipelines, taking advantage of the extended storage. Um, the other thing that's that's going to be a very cool use case is have an end-to-end -end, uh, CI/CD pipeline uh, with running a test on a physical. Um, iOS device, like for example, uh, you can use device form to create, uh, to run your unit test case and then your UI test. So you build on your Mac and then hand over the running of the test cases to, a, to an actual physical device and we'll do that, all that for you. We record the videos, take the screenshots um, so you can get more and more comfortable. Um, these things are smaller, but because you do it on an everyday basis and once you automate these things, um, the CI/CD stuff, um, it's going to take a lot of um, stress away and improve the software delivery, uh, yeah. improve the software delivery quality. And allow the developers to focus more on the developing the actual app as opposed to the process in between. Uh, exactly. Definitely good stuff there. And then we wrapped up, we had that M1 update, right? Very important. Remember, if you're developing apps for your M1 Max, right, you, can, you now have access to that in, in preview, uh, but will still be, soon be generally available. And then we wrapped up. Right? We heard some. We heard about some use cases that were out there. How customers are using uh, EC2 Mac. Uh, Scott, thank you for sharing that. You know, some steps to get started and, and some ideas there. I love that GitHub link. Right, so much information in there. A really great way to start. Plus the fact that you can contribute back. Right, so if you have a comment, an issue with it, just contribute back on GitHub. Muhammad, Scott, guys, thank you very much for joining today. Uh, certainly, I was excited to get into this discussion. We talked a lot about this stuff here. Thank you both for coming on and diving into EC2 Mac. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this this is awesome. Thanks so much, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah. All right. That's all for today, folks. Uh, keep feedback coming. Drop us an email at awstechchat at amazon.com as your messages do drive the direction of the show. Join us next time uh, for a deep dive on an episode of your choosing. But until next time, bye for now. Signing off. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, and tune in again to learn about AWS Cloud. Please subscribe to the AWS Tech Chat by visiting awstechchat.com.